What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I am once again joined with David Bray right here in the Flow Wrestling Studio. Two of the last people in this building. But we move on and progress. We're talking to some of the biggest stars and most influential people in our sport. And uh, really, last week was the first week we did this. I thought it, I thought it went really well, David. Um, talked to a variety of different people. Heard a lot of perspectives on a lot of different things. Did you have uh, anything... St- jump out at you from last week just uh man the resilience of of our community i think you know as a, as a theme um you know I, I keep thinking about uh w- what this means for the olympic movement now i mean yeah. i feel like beginning of the week all i could think about was ncaa is being canceled and now I'm, I'm like what does this mean for the olympics the trials if it's a year if it's two years down the road what you know what does all that mean so yeah yeah um time will tell I'm sure there'll be announcements coming up soon. But anyways, let's get to our, our first guest today. He is the head coach at Purdue. It is Tony Ursland. Tony, coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, boys. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to sit down and talk today and, and fill the time of what could be otherwise <laughs> a, a long and boring day, huh? <laughs> yeah. As That was kind of the story of the weekend, I guess. Everybody's cooped up. How, how's your thing been? Just You're at home? Where you got, I know you got at least a couple boys. What's your family situation yeah. like? How are you guys adapting to life at home? Yeah, you know, last week, um, you know, minus not being at NCAAs was nice because I have twin boys, as you mentioned, and I got to spend a lot of time with them and my wife, and that isn't usually the case uh, this time of year. So just the opportunity to be with your family and enjoy that while you decompress and kind of take in everything uh, was was good. You know, it was good for me, and, and now I'm, I'm kind of ready to hit the ground running. We start school, you know, at least online today with Purdue, and so we've got more things to kind of keep track of in regards to our, our guys, and, and that's what we'll do. We'll find new things to uh to evaluate and to look at and make sure people are going in the right direction all right um i i, I kind of want to back up we've been, you know getting a lot of stories from coaches and athletes last week last week about kind of their situation um i think it was the thursday or wednesday whenever ncaa got canceled just kind of how the news got delivered how your team dealt with it um so can you kind of kind of walk us through that afternoon when the ncaa got canceled and if you had some heads up i think Maybe even before that, the Big Ten said they weren't going. But how, how'd you find out the news? Deliver it to your team. Kind of what was that? That that like? Yeah, you know, um, we were doing individual workouts that day. It's part of how we peak. You know, where you just bring in the number of qualifiers, which we had eight. So we brought them in one at a time with a training partner who just was going through their specific areas of concentration and, and kind of their live situation. So we were really spread out through the day and we were getting down towards the end of that individual day and when we got word. So now got come and gone and we didn't have the entire team. So we had to kind of notify everybody and bring them in for a meeting late that afternoon. I think it was at four o'clock and, and we delivered the news at that time. So a uh, st- really strange day because guys had come in. Those individual workouts, the way we do them, are very hard. You're pushed really tough. And so we had watched guys really just, just push themselves uh, you know, to, to a really uh, tough place, getting everything out of themselves, getting ready to finish the year the way they wanted, and, and then – Hey, you got to bring them back and let them know, Hey, sorry, uh, we're not going to be able to do it. And, 
it, just like everybody else, you know, I think it was it was heartbreaking. You watch you watch the guys and their reaction in some very tough moments. Um, guys just aren't sure how to respond. You know, the moment hits you and and you're kind of selfish in that you're thinking of everything we've done and what we're going through. But now, as you've had time, I think most guys have understand that this is a, a part of a larger societal issue and and we've all got to do our part. So, you know, over time, I think there's been good, uh, good uh, perspective. But man, in that moment, you know, guys are crushed uh, as a staff. We're crushed because you know what's gone into this this year and we felt like you know we were in a great position to close strong and and have a great ending to what has been a good season so so heartbreaking like like most people you know I think most people that's their perspective um, but for us we had to bring them back together because we had been staggered out with our workouts all day and and so that was just kind of tough I think they knew what was coming because it was out there and so we just kind of dropped the final hammer I guess how did now you know I heard some programs where everybody got up and spoke somewhere not you know they just kind of all got quiet and went their separate ways did you guys sit around and talk as a group or did you deliver the news and and some guys stayed and some guys left or kind of it, it, almost a grieving period yeah. right how was it yeah I, I think um yeah it was kind of that way where we talked as a group and you know and different guys are at different stages of their season right like some right. guys had already come come to peace that their season was over. So guys were at different places and you got seniors and you got juniors and you got freshmen. So um, it really was, we, we talked as a team and, and I thanked them for everything they'd done this year, you know, and, and tried to wrap it up and, 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 and give them some logistics, how we would move forward. And then honestly, it was just kind of guys just kind of, uh, came and went as, as they wanted to. Some guys stuck around and we talked more, uh, especially the seniors and, and anybody else who wanted to stay around. So yeah, it really was, you know, kind of stay in stages, you know, and that was interesting to me, but just because we're, like I said, some guys had already come to, uh, come to grips, their season was over. And so they were at a different place mentally than say a guy like Lighty or Devin Schroeder or these guys that had huge expectations, Christian Bruner, who man, Christian, you know, you guys saw the knee injury at, at, uh, at Rutgers, you know, he had come back from a very severe knee injury and it qualified outright and was in a great place, uh, you know, in, in the seating and the bracket. So just, it was kind of just sticking around for them and, and listening to them. It wasn't as much about me talking, after we were done, it was more listening to those guys and 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 where they were at. Maybe what what did they need? And to to the point you you kind of said, you know, we had a, a great year, and and I mean, shoot, you've been there I think five years or so, and I we've seen that program yeah. um, on the come up, and you really started to see it this year. The the probably the work you guys put in the last four. Um, so you, and you're, you're hoping for a good postseason, and and the rug gets pulled out from under you too. But you have to now. How do you manage those emotions of it hit you probably as hard as anybody else, but you have to be there like as a as a a mentor kind of figure. Right. And just like not put your emotions to the side. But was that a weird, weird thing? Yeah, you know, it is. It's, It's a very weird thing because on one hand, you are crushed um for everybody you know for everybody but at at the same time you understand i guess from a leadership position your team's going to go as you go or at least that's how i believe you know the team's a big reflection of of uh of the people at the top and so you want to be there for them and you want to be rock solid for those guys certainly we're all um and maybe grieving i don't want to you know grieving's a very harsh word but but you know you're, you're hurting 
You know, we're yeah. all hurting and, and you just, you still want to be there for those guys. So you got to be strong and you got, you know, got to talk in terms of what we know and what we're going to do and, and how maybe we're going to move forward. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. I, I found my, it was a very weird situation as most people would say, because, you know, you want to have time to just kind of, Hey man, let your emotions hang out and, and then get some perspective on it at the same time you've got young men who have lots of different emotions or anxiety and, and not even just about your season. It's about, man, what's this spring going to be, you know, where are we going to be at? What are we going to do? So just trying to stay solid for your guys in that way um, was a different place to be. But um, like I said, you know, we've had a good week of spring break and, and now, you know, it, it's been a time of, of reflection and, you know, at least what I can do is evaluate, right? So I've been evaluating our guys, our staff, um, everything, everything about our program. Let's, let's tear it down and turn it inside out. And and what did we do well? And what do we need to work on? And, and now at least there's a framework in my mind, at least of, okay, let's move forward and, and, and do what we can. You know, let's, let's take action now. Instead of sitting by feeling stressed out, let's, let's take action. That's the only thing we can do. And, and so let's, let's go in that direction. Coach, you, you mentioned a couple seniors earlier. And man, um, Dylan Lighty's a guy that we've throughout his career, you know, we've seen, okay, he can win these matches. He's right in these matches to win them. But this year he really did. Um, a guy, you know, he won CKLV, won Midlands. Talk about him and, and what his, what his season meant, um, for, for you guys and just maybe how he, how he got to where he was this year compared to where, where he's been the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, um, just the confidence that you saw, he was, he was at its best in its toughest moments. Right. I mean, I think he was 10 and 0 uh, this year in overtimes. So wow. he certainly uh, was very good. And, and, and then you look at his schedule too, right? I mean, he wrestled a very tough schedule. So uh, to, he, he knew he was going to win. It wasn't, I'm hoping I can win in these tight matches. You know, he believed, you know, he thought this will happen for me. And, and so that confidence was great for our guys to be good under pressure, to be good in the big moment was something that, that your team can feed off of, right? You see guys um, doing well in those big matches and those big moments and having success, your guys feed off that. And I think that, that really trick, you know, kind of trickled down through the team and they were a very confident group. You saw other guys raising the bar as well. So uh, I thought that was really big from both a leadership and then even just kind of, um, emotionally picking your team up, you know, it gave those guys a lot of, a lot of energy and a lot of, um, belief that, uh, yeah, we're, we're here training just like Dylan. We're doing the same things. We, we can have this kind of success and that, and that's big for any program to have those moments. And you know, his, his season was similar to Christian Bruner's. You mentioned Bruner other than the injury, right? Which obviously, um, yep. you know, did see him come back at big tens, but I mean, he, he was in CKLV finals and one Midlands too. Was there anything similar to, or different from, from how, uh, Lighty got, it sort of improved that uh, Bruner did as well? Yeah, I think it was the same, you know, the same path, really. Those guys, you know, they they had some really tough times. They were here in the beginning with us as we established what this program was going to be, how we're going to work, you know, the things we're going to do day to day. And they went through some really hard times, right? And and they came out the other side still with that belief. And and, and that just trickled to, to everybody. Um, you know, I, I, 
I saw them really pick up in leadership this year too, which I was probably the most proud of these guys is they, they were a voice in that locker room um, that really uh, helped drive home what we're talking about and, and seeing it and getting guy, other guys to buy in. You know, you always have that kind of middle group on your team where they can go one way or the other. If you're having a tough year and guys are starting to kind of put their heads down, you know, maybe they go, you know, a, a, a south direction on you. But 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 Bruner and, and Lighty had been through those hard times and was a voice for those guys and really picked them up and and and, and made us go the right direction. So very similar in their experiences and how they they led the team, I guess. Um, you're talking about those those early days that were really tough. I can't help but like think of my own experience at Missouri because we we kind of went through the same thing, right? Not not a super great program and slowly got better and better. And and I remember, I think it was your first year, might have been your second, but I saw you guys out at um, Frank Pop's deal in the fall, right? And yeah, I remember, journeyman. I think I, I journeyman. I think I even said to you, man, the I like the fight. I like something I'm seeing out of these guys. You know, the talent wasn't quite there yet, but that you could see. A change kind of, you know, when you got the job and you're going to become the coach, like, what are the first things you try to do? There's so many things, right? But like, all right, (laughs) first thing I got to do is first couple things, what? It's not land a blue chip, I'm sure it's something else. No, yeah, it's it's your team, right? Like, I always land... um, my two priorities, it's, it's, it's the team and then it's recruiting. Those are the two uh, biggest things that we do, but it's always the team first. They're the guys in your room and they deserve your attention and your work and your focus. So it was about establishing the fight and the work ethic within the team. And, and these guys, you know, Purdue worked hard. They, they did, they, they understood a work ethic, but, but maybe understanding what the fight needs to look like um, to send a match back your way or to keep yourself in a match when maybe it's teeter tottering and, and, and it can go your way or it can really get blown open against you. So just understanding what that needs to look like and, 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 and how you go about uh, fostering that day to day, you know, celebrating those moments in your room where, man, maybe you only fought 10 seconds harder than you thought you could. You know, that's still progress. You know, those 10 seconds can be big later on. And if you can get 10 seconds out of yourself a week more, man, by the end, you know, you got a, you got a match and an overtime of, of fight. And, that, and it was just about establishing that mindset and, and who our identity was going to be, you know. And, and those, those uh, we were a pretty senior-laden class my first year there. And, and they really, credit to them, man, they bought in and, and um, did a great job. You know, I wish I would have had more time with those guys because they did such a good job. Um, that was my only regret with that first year. We just didn't have enough time with that class, but but they really bought in and established uh, a work ethic, you know, from that standpoint. Um, I assume you guys, you know, you look ahead and you set goals, or you think I want to be here by by X. Like, are you are you having yeah. success faster than you thought you would? Are you not having success as fast as you thought you would? Or are you you know kind of on on track? You know, I, I would say it's it's been slower than I would have liked. You know, we always want things to happen right now. We we live in this microwave society, and yeah. and we want answers and we want stuff right now. Uh, so obviously, it's it's been slower than what what I would have hoped. But I'm I am happy with where we're at now, based on. Um, you know, I thought we were going to have a break, big breakout year. I, I don't think four or even five All-Americans would have been a, a foregone conclusion for this team, depending on, you know, we had another guy or two that could have got hot and, and had the right mindset at Nationals that could have surprised some people. So, uh, you know, I, but I would have thought we would have had All-Americans prior to this time, right? I mean, that's kind of the thing we based ourselves on. And we've had, oh, I think going, before this year, I think we had five guys in the blood round. Um, at least four or five. And so to lose some of those heartbreaking moments, um, 
you know, was tough. I mean, that's, that's really tough. There are guys who bought in and did what we asked and we were just a little short, but I thought this year was really the breakout year. Um, I really believed what I was seeing all year. You know, sometimes you can win and, you know, is it really there? Are we really that team? And I just thought after, after Vegas, where we had three guys in the finals and Lighty won, and then we did the same thing similar at, at Midlands and then in the duels at Big Tens, I, I believed what I was seeing. You know, there was consistency there. And so I thought we were really getting ready to, um, to, to break down some big doors. But, um, but prior to that, I guess to put a cap on your question is I felt like we were short, you know, maybe by a year or two on where I wanted to be from that end of the deal. Um, the fact that, you know, you, as you just said, kind of judge yourself on all Americans and you don't get an opportunity to do that this year. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, it's tough. You know, it is, it's tough. Um, you gotta, you gotta take the mature long view here. We got to understand that they're thinking about canceling, canceling the Olympics. There's people that have died there. You know, it's, 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 there's uh, economic impact. So, you know, I, th I think as, you know, as much as I would like to sit around and, and, and feel bad, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of issues greater than this, bigger than this. Uh, and so we got to keep our eye on the ball and, and yes, it's disappointing, but you know what? These, these guys, no matter how this shakes out with clock extension or, or anything like that, um, like I said, I believed what I saw. You know, they did it over and over and over again. So there's no doubt in my mind what this team was. And so I, I, I'm going to feel good about that. I'm going to feel good about that. And we're going to figure the rest out for next year, and we're going to be better. We're going to find ways to be better um, because, you know, there, there are bigger issues out there um, that then, then, you know, us being upset that we didn't get a put a, a cap on it the way we wanted to, I guess. Yeah, that's perspective. Um, okay, the, the, the idea of Minneapolis, the football stadium, the, what, yeah. what were, did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you want to just see what happened? Yeah, you know, I, I, I was excited about it. Uh, I think, you know, I'm always looking at both sides. That's just me, I guess. I'm always looking for pluses and minuses when you evaluate stuff. And so um, really excited about the opportunity to have that big of a crowd in that kind of a venue. I think just for the novelty of it and to do it and to take a chance on it would have been huge. Yeah, was there the risk of, you know, fan experience might not have been what, what they want, you know, depending on the crowd or how far back you are. I think just to get a chance to compete in that venue and see how it went, uh, you yeah. know, you, you got to take chances. You know, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. So let's take the chance and let's do it and be excited about it. I think the guys would have loved it. And then, then evaluate, you know, if it was great for the fans, okay, we, we, we make some adjustments and, and do it again. If it's terrible for the fans, you can always go back, you know, to St. Louis or these venues that we're familiar with. But I, I think that uh, I'm, you know, just disappointed we didn't get the chance to see what it is. And, and I really hope they'll, they'll try to do it again and take another chance on it. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, as far as your day-to-day, what are you guys doing in the – you're sitting at home with your – I assume your wife and a couple kids. How do you pass in the yep. time? Uh, trying to get out, right? Still trying to get out. I, I got two boys, as you mentioned, twin boys that are nine. And so they're, they're energetic. And so we try to get outside a couple times a day. Um, the rest of it is just trying to – 
I uh, had a staff meeting this morning on a conference call, met you know, with the academic advisors, the strength and conditioning, nutrition, all these people, director of ops, and, and we are just getting organized on staying on top of, uh, you know, our guys that are working remotely, uh, making sure nutrition still stays good. You know, like these are principles that we believe in. So even though we're not competing, like reinforcing kind of our, our philosophy and the things that we're built on here is, is big. So just staying connected with our, our, our people and then staying connected with our kids. Uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, like I think I mentioned it earlier, just trying to evaluate the, the program. I mean, there's just go back and, and let's look at the year and turn it inside out and make sure that next year we're better, that we don't have fall off, that we're trying to find new different ways to be, to be better. You know, it's, this is new, new territory for everybody. And, and I don't want to lose ground to anybody, you know, if anything, we want to pass people. So we're trying to find ways that we can pass people now. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and West Lafayette, what's that like? Is it, is it on lockdown? Is it recommended to stay in? Is it, is it required? Is it, so it's, it's recommended, you know, uh, quarantine, right? Social distancing, as I'm sure you guys have talked about a lot, is, is the best way they want to combat, you know, flattening the curve. So they are encouraging people to, to stay home and work remotely. There are the, the necessities are open, but a lot of them are just drive up. You know, I'm a, it's no uh, secret to those who know me that I'm a huge Starbucks fan. I got to have my caffeine. So I, I'm driving through Starbucks uh, a lot right now. But it, it seems to be working here. You know, there's not a lot of people out. So uh, it, it looks like it's working. And I'm, I'm interested to see what the numbers are in maybe two, three weeks. Did, did it work as far as affecting the number of people, you know, with the virus? But it's it's not complete lockdown. If you need to get out and do some things, you certainly can. And, and even our guys, you know, academically, if they need help, um, there's people that are on campus to help them. So uh, they still have different resources available to them. And you said uh, – I found it interesting we were talking beforehand. Um, kids are coming back from spring break, and there's a decent amount of kids, like, coming back to campus? Yeah, it's um... – it's interesting to me, you know, obviously they have the option to stay home. They can stay home and we have a number of guys who have, you know what I mean? But we have a number of guys who they've come back to campus and they're on campus. They're, they're, you know, taking their online courses and, and able to navigate maybe some of that a little easier because they are on campus. So it's been interesting dynamic. We gave the option to our kids. You can go home. You've not been dismissed because, you know, we have international students here too. And so they, they may not have anywhere to go. So yeah. uh, if you had to stay in the dorms, you could. We don't have anybody uh, doing that. But otherwise, you know, just go through your normal routine as far as being online with your academics, meeting with our academic advisor and those things. So it's just trying to create a routine, I guess, out of this, you know, insanely different time. Coach, you mentioned that a lot of kind of your, your jobs right now is – whether it's from strength and conditioning or from academic support, trying to make sure guys are staying on track and, and giving them the resources to do that. I mean, how is that, how is that plan going? I know they're you know probably just getting back to, to classes now, but how do you feel about that? Does that feel like it's going to be a lot more challenging or what are some of the specific challenges with that? Yeah, it's, it's going to be challenging, but you know how it, we're going to find out if, if these kids really believe in what we've been talking about. Uh, we've been talking about trust the process, you know, and I know that's cliche, right? That's a big cliche deal. But 
if you're if you were just about the wins and losses, okay, then this was this you're probably really don't know where to go because you just had that taken. But if you're trying to be the best you can and and live that disciplined life and create the mindset that we're talking about, then hey, then we got to figure it out, and you will figure it out. So you know we're we're sending our kids at home workouts if they have access to a gym because some guys have weights at home or maybe a private gym that they can get into, uh, then then, hey, here, here's what you can do. If you, all you got is a med ball and a kettlebell, here's what you can do. Yeah. And it's just about keeping, uh, I would call it a hard edge in your mind, right? Like you got to keep that hard edge. Nobody's going to forget how to wrestle, you know, um, anytime soon, but you can, you can kind of get soft. You can lose your edge. And if anything, you want to make jumps in, in that hard edge. So just giving them options and things you can do, whether it's running, running hills, here's kettlebell, here's med ball. Oh, you got a gym? Here's your squat, you know, and, and clean workouts or whatever. So we've given them a, a lot of options. And now, like I said, we're going to find out, you know, are they, are they self-motivated where they're going to go, they're going to do it when I'm not standing there. You hope that's the culture you've created, right? Like you hope um, what Lighty and these guys have done has instilled a work ethic and a mindset in these guys where they're like, okay, this is on us. We're going to pull together and we're going to do this. Not because Coach Ursuline or his staff is making you, but because we got huge goals and, and we're pretty motivated. Uh, that's my hope, you know, that they'll, they'll latch onto that and, and they'll move forward. And I feel really good that, that we have a lot of the guys on the team that, that will be their mindset. Do you think everything – the current circumstances and everything that's going on, do you think this could impact next year's college wrestling season? I'm really scared it will. You know, um, I, I try not to be, you know, they say don't read too much. So I don't, but I want to be informed, right? Like I think anybody wants to know what we're dealing with. So what I, you read different things, you know, if, if this goes really well with this uh, social distancing, Maybe in a month the curve's flattened and, you know, we know there could be a flare up down the road, but we can get back to some normalcy, some training and, you know, school or different things. But, you know, I'm really, you see other things where we may need to do this for months and then it's definitely going to have an effect. And now you're thinking about other things too, like, you know, football revenue. Uh, you know, we already got issues with basketball revenue, right? They lost the tournament. So there's hundreds of millions of dollars. Like I think there's a lot of unknowns that uh, that smart people are going to have to be aware of and start planning for uh, to uh, kind of preserve, you know, what what the college experience is. And I, I don't say that wanting to alarm anybody. I just think smart people, you're going to want to look ahead and prepare and plan. Yeah. Um. Gosh, this is like a, just a very unique time in, in our lives. You have you. Have you ever been had a, a a big wrestling event or any kind of big sporting event or something like that just canceled that you can remember? No, I mean it's it's crazy. I'm just glad we weren't in the venue. I mean they they pulled swimmers out of the pool when that day they made the announcement, and the Purdue indoor track and field team too had just arrived at the indoor uh, NCAA indoor championships in New Mexico, and they got pulled back. So. That would have been really, I mean, just think about you're in the pool getting ready to compete and no, we're, we're done. Get out. Let's go home. You know, at least we, you know, we're, we're still training and at home and, and didn't have to go through that. That's, I can imagine that was really crazy. So uh, hard for me to kind of wrap my head around. That, that would be like, that would be like being in the tunnel, right? Yep. At, at the NCAA championships, like you're sweating your blood's flowing your heart's racing your adrenaline's going and then like record scratch 
Oh my god. Yeah. Right. Mic drop. Sorry. Yeah. yeah it's uh that 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 swing of emotions would have been would have been really crazy. I I can't imagine. Um, what do you think? Gut feeling. Are they gonna have the Olympics this summer? Boy, I really hope so. Um, here's the interesting thing, guys. Um, news today, right? I just you don't know what to believe, right? Like you yeah. got to evaluate everything because you don't know what's fake news, what's politically driven, right? I feel like there's there's so much that is politically driven too. Um, so I, I it's hard to know what to believe. If what you believe is what you're hearing recently, you're hearing a postponed delay, and who knows? Um, but at, at the other same time you're thinking okay they're going to wait and they're going to see where this goes maybe for the next month you know and then if the curve's flattened we can get back to that so i honestly i think that's what's tough on people is the uncertainty of knowing what to believe because you got to do so much of your own research is is the thing that is is tough yeah trying to read between those lines um really yep. important question is uh, how much toilet paper is in your house <laughs> <laughs> you know um uh, not enough, maybe. You know, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't one of those. I wasn't one of those hoarders. You know, yeah. I didn't run. You know, we we had a lot of other things going on, right, with NCAA's and this stuff. And it was for us, at least here in West Lafayette, it was a a slow trickle down. We didn't go from, you know, hey, uh, no NCAA's to no school, nothing. You know, it was kind of like at first, okay, they canceled the NCAA's. We get that, you know, there's, you can't have 40,000, 50,000 people together. Yeah. I, we get it. And then it was, but we're still going to have classes. And then it was like, okay, we're going to go to online classes, but until April. And then we're going to do that. You know, it was like a slow, gradual trickle down. So yeah. we were working on other things and uh, I didn't, I didn't run to the store. So I got, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a tough <laughs> issue, coach. I wish you the best. <laughs> 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 That's one issue we hope I, I don't got to deal with, right? Yeah, yeah, it could get messy. We yeah, we had that issue this weekend. We thought we were good, but your we, family? Yeah, we didn't. We weren't. We had like five total rolls left. So so between like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we we um, my wife and I took turns like going to different stores looking, and we we came up empty <laughs> all three days. And then yesterday <laughs> on Sunday, I uh, I just like stopped in the gas station by our house and there was one package of four, four rolls left. And wow. so we got, we snagged so it. So you didn't and there get was... down to coffee filters at least. No, no, we're still, we're still okay. But, uh, but we were like, I mean, we're, we're still a little were you bit. Going, you guys were going low. one square at a time. We were telling our kids like, listen, don't, you know, <laughs> don't, don't get, you know, little kids like they'll just yeah. unravel too much. But... Shove it down and clog up. Right, the right. Yeah. But there was a, a woman that came in right behind me looking for the toilet paper too. So I just I just beat her. Sorry, and... lady. Sorry. Sorry. Great. Well, Coach Ursula, we're just about the end of our time here. Um, we'll give you the last word. Anything you, you may want to say? No, listen, guys. I'm 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 pretty optimistic though. I think uh, as you've heard from lots of people, uh, uh, our uh, our people in wrestling are very resilient people, and uh, I'm sure that we're going to be ready to go when, when they give us a green light. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited that we're going to respond to this the right way. We're going to get back out and, and be stronger and better than ever. So uh, I'm very hopeful. I don't want anybody to think that this is like doom and gloom deal. So I would just say, Hey man, keep your eye on the ball. Uh, we're certainly going to do that. And I know you guys are doing a great job. So just wish everybody good luck, be safe and uh, we'll, we'll be fine. You know, better days are coming. Awesome. I appreciate the time and uh, love the perspective coach. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. Thanks, we'll coach. see you. Coach Tony Ursland, head coach of Purdue. And, and I was, we just kind of said, man, Purdue, 
on the come up, had a really, really strong season, um, yeah. and it looks like they're poised to do good things in the future. Yeah. yeah, eight NCAA qualifiers. I think best finish at Big Tens in a long, long time. I think best finish at CKLV in a long, long time. Maybe I think best finish at CKLV ever. Um, man, is yeah, unbelievable to see them year after or, or week after week this season just continue to to have success and I, I remember I wrote an article about their chances at, at winning a team trophy this year and and looked at where the, the points they were projected to score at the beginning of the year compared to the end of the year and they just kept moving up and to the right and um you know so really cool to see that it's kind of like he said I believe my guys because I saw it week in and week out and it's yeah. like yeah you saw the same thing yeah um in the numbers yep so, yeah, glad to hear um, him coming on, giving us some time. And we will move on. Now we got uh, a couple special guests here from the Jamaican wrestling team. We've got a coach and an athlete, Coach Rick Henry on the right, and uh, the athlete Angus Arthur underneath. Gentlemen, how are we doing this morning? Good, good. Awesome. We'll start with uh, Rick. Kind of just give us a little introduction to yourself um, where you at today. Well, um, very fortunate to be associated with this Jamaica Wrestling Initiative. Um, I'm Jamaican by birth, grew up in Canada where I wrestled. I live in Texas now. And some friends and I from Canada and USA, we've been doing camps in Jamaica for the past four or five years. Matter of fact, we even uh, sent a wrestling mat down to GC Foster Teachers College in Jamaica. So I've been definitely been a part of it from, uh, from the start. And when this... Um, job came up so to speak to uh, assist with Jamaica wrestling I sort of said yeah I helped and uh it's been a good run great um and Angus kind of introduces to your introduce us introduce yourself to us and uh tell us where you're at if I can just get the words out um so right now I'm actually home in Michigan um because of this coronavirus and everything but um I wrestle 86 kilograms for Jamaica and um yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> sure. Um, when did you, you know, start wrestling for Jamaica? How did that come up? Um, so I was actually my senior year of high school. I took off a semester of school, and I was down in Jamaica to help spread wrestling. And um, I kind of like just made the like I had the idea then to like make a change and just focus on um, like helping Jamaica and wrestling for them. Um, so that's kind of when I made the change was in high school. And and how did but you? But I have I've only been um oh sorry I've no, only been competing for them for about one year I would say maybe a year and a half. Okay, and yeah. did you did you initially go down there with the intent of of you know working with wrestlers down there or like did you go down for vacation or whatever and then while you were down there be like oh hey let's see if they have wrestling. Um no I went down there with the intent for wrestling um it was like in the uh, maroon community. Um, which is like a really, really old community. It's like where the slaves of Jamaica like ran away and like formed their own community. So they actually had like a history of wrestling, like more of like beach wrestling. And so it was it was a pretty cool experience, like living with them. And like, I mean, there was no showers like we had to shower in a river and like you <laughs> ate out of like coconut shells and stuff. So it was it was very different, but it was kind of a really cool experience. Yeah, that sounds almost like primitive. Um when, how long? How long were you down there um, living with these with these guys? Um, for four months. Okay. Yeah, three um, or four months. I can't remember now. And were you like living there, training them, 
or doing other things? Um, I was actually, um, I had like a torn labrum in my hip, so I wasn't really training hard, but I was like helping just coach them and like help them learn about wrestling and spread stuff like that. Like they, like Rick was saying, they had a mat and everything like that. So I was helping teach them and it was pretty cool. What were their, you know, um, abilities and skills like? One, how many people are, you know, is it five? Is it 20? Is it just a couple? There was like, there was probably like, um, 10 girls and 20 guys. Um, and I mean, obviously Jamaica is known to be pretty athletic at sports, like running and stuff like that. So like they were pretty, they were really strong and athletic and if they had like enough coaching, they could be good in wrestling. That's why I think like, um, we need to help spread wrestling in Jamaica because there's a lot of potential. What was the genesis for this? Why did you, why did you want to do this? What gave you the idea to, to go down to Jamaica and help spread wrestling? Um, I guess because I've been going to Jamaica since I was like two months old. And so like I, my best friend lives there and, um, I don't know. I just thought it would be something like, cause I had wrestled for the U S for the cadet team, but I just thought like it would be something different and like more meaningful than just being like another U S wrestler. Okay. Um, so you said you're home in Michigan, obviously because of the, the Corona, but do you like, how much time do you spend in Jamaica? Do you kind of live there or how often are you there? Um, I probably go there like four or five times a year. And it really, it honestly just depends. Like now that I'm training a lot, like I can't go there as much because they don't have like the proper facilities for like the training level I need. But, um, last year I did like, or maybe a year and a half ago, I did an internship there for, um, Michigan state. So I was there for like five months living. So that was for a while. (laughs) What are there? You know, you said they don't have, the proper, I guess, equipment or whatever you need to train at a high level. Like, what are the conditions? Is it is it inside? Is it outside? Is it covered? Is it air conditioning or electricity or water? Um, it, most of it is honestly outside. Um, they have one wrestling room in or room, I guess, not specific for wrestling in Kingston, where it's like it's covered. Um, but like there, the windows are open and stuff like that. Rick, do you want to add on to that? Well, um, we've also hosted some camps at uh, GSD Foster um, Teachers College. It's a college specifically um, for athletics. And matter of fact, uh, the Cubans donated that facility uh, to Jamaica in the 80s, and it's a, it's a really a great facility. You could fit three or four mats on that, on that server, so... We've done some uh, camps there as well, and it's been really, really successful. Um, Rick, um, you know, is there how big? How many wrestlers are there, like on the Jamaican national team? Well, right now there's uh, there's two. You know, Angus and Lesion Cousins, and we've had uh, great interest from others, um, wrestling parents and so forth, supporters from USA and Canada that would love uh, to get involved. We're just trying to. Um, just get partners, donors, and just raise funds in order to um, help all these athletes and also help the athletes, the young, I call the Jamaican youth, uh, enthusiastic. To help them. Um... I think uh, oh, yeah. 
Can you hear him? No, I missed this, kind of the second part of that, Coach. Yeah. I'm not sure. It looks like Coach. Coach, Ryan can you hear us? We may have lost. Are you there? I don't. I think he's frozen. So, so uh, go ahead. I, I had a question. So while you guys are uh, while we're waiting to get Coach Henry back on the line, Angus, I had a question for you guys. It sounds like uh, there are a couple different priorities you guys are trying to balance in terms of uh, getting wrestling where you'd like to see it in Jamaica. One sounds like facilities and wrestling mats and and that kind of thing. Another sounds like getting athletes on board at the senior level. Um, I'm sure you're also thinking about participation at a, at a youth level and developmental levels. Uh, what are, what are kind of the order of priorities for you guys as you're working to grow wrestling in Jamaica and how are you deciding between whether it's athletes or training facilities or, or whatever it might be? Um, it, that's for you, Rick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for speak. now, the priority is definitely these two athletes, uh, Cousins and Angus, to get them to the final qualifying tournament in Sofia, Bulgaria, whenever that will be. So that's priority. Hopefully get them qualified, one or the other. Um, we've also applied for uh, UW, United World of Wrestling, grassroots program. So once we, we get that, we can um, train some coaches and provide a mentoring staff for the coaches and referees and so forth, and to build it slowly because uh, there is an interest already. We just have to develop the interest and uh, get coaches and other persons in Jamaica on board. Um, what kind of what kind of resources do you guys have um, behind this program? Right, because obviously you're going to need some kind of money to to make things happen. Well, um, Angus's family is helped a lot uh myself also uh through business development company in dallas called matthew southwestern land developers they've helped tremendously also the joa has also helped us to get where we're at uww of course so uh we're, we're constantly trying to find you know good partners for now in the future and uh, angus's and les young performance at the pan ams and olympic qualifying tournaments is uh definitely a, a good start to get us there Sure. Um, and, and David kind of mentioned, you know, um, the youth as well. What's the how are you, I guess, uh, marketing or trying to get kids to come in and, and introduced to wrestling? Um, what kind of strategy or efforts are there for that? Angus, you want to take that? Um, yeah, I guess. Um so, like, I think um, a lot of what they've been doing in Jamaica is one way is they've been um, trying to, like, focus on people who do other contact sports like rugby players and things like that and then getting them to transfer over to wrestling because um, it's a more physical sport and, like, a lot of Jamaicans aren't very physical, I guess. You could say they're good at track and swimming and things like that. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I think focusing on things like that and then also, like, the Maroon community because they were, like, rebels in a way. They were runaway slaves, and then they also had wrestling in their past. So I think focusing on things like that and then also just the beach wrestling in general. Like, I know that it's not huge right now, but, like, that was something that could be big in Jamaica because they have some of the best beaches in the world, and, like, it's just easy – for people to see that and do without wrestling shoes or any needs like that. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys get on the sand and, and do some beach wrestling? Like, you know, the new, the new UWW type of beach wrestling. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah we it, went it, to um, Barbados for one. Okay, you can go, Rick. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, so we went to Barbados uh, last February, I believe, and uh, the beaches were there were amazing. Angus participated in the beach wrestling match. The fans loved it. You know, it was very exciting to watch. Um, but the youth in Jamaica, um, they like new things, you know. And if if other sports or activities are popular around the world, well, the Jamaican youth, they want to do it as well, right? So I, I think we've got a bright future, not only mat wrestling, but also in beach wrestling um, in Jamaica. Angus, he just said that you competed um, in the beach wrestling just give me, your, I guess, your general thoughts on it. It's obviously a, a little bit different than, than Matt wrestling, but how was it? What what did you like about it? Was there anything you, you don't like about it or would change? Um, Yeah, the things I do like is just the rules are pretty simple. So, like, I mean, anyone watching can kind of understand it. So I think that's a, a bonus because, like, if someone just turns on, like, college wrestling on TV, they don't really understand what's going on necessarily. So I think for that, like, I mean, it's kind of almost like, a hybrid of sumo wrestling, you know, like a small circle, push outs and throws. And so I think those were like the positive. And also it's more of like a, I guess, family or like a good environment. It's on a beach normally. And so it's in a nice area instead of like being in a gym all day for 12 hours. So that would be something I like a little more. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, kind of turning to to some of the current events. Um, I, I assume you guys have you guys are both in the states right now, but I'm sure you have contact with friends and and, and family. Who else down there? What's it like in Jamaica? Are they kind of on uh, somewhat lockdown? Is everybody kind of self quarantining as as most people are doing here? Yeah, I, pr pretty much. People are staying in. Um, not a lot of uh, activity going on. Everyone's just being cautious, you know, and I think it's very important that everyone stay disciplined and just uh, listen to the experts. They know more than we do and just follow, just be good followers in the sense that hopefully we'll get through it, you know, especially, you know, America's very resilient. Jamaica is too, and uh, we'll fight through it. I wanted to ask a couple questions about Pan Ams. Yeah. Um, so... One, you know, as I've been kind of looking at results for for you guys in Jamaica, um, Angus, you're representing the the freestyle side of things, 86 kilos, and then and then uh, Lesian's been kind of holding things down in Greco. Is that an intentional decision to try to get a Greco Roman athlete and a, a freestyle athlete uh, so that you have representation in in both of those tournaments, or is it just kind of how it worked out? I think just the way it worked out. Yeah. You know, just the way it worked out. Yeah, and it's, it was good. It's good because, you know, Angus is 86 kilo freestyle and Lesion is 87 Greco. So they're, they're pretty much the same size. So it's, it's very easy for these guys to train together, although different uh, styles of wrestling. But uh, we're just still very happy to have both of them involved. That's good. You guys had, um, obviously, a representation of the Pan Am Championships and the Pan Am Olympic Games qualifier. And, um you know, you mentioned got to try to go get the, the weights qualified at the last chance qualifier. But Angus, you were the first Pan Am Championships uh, gold medalist for for Jamaica. It's, I mean, that's a, a kind of a big deal. Talk about what that meant for the country and, and um, I don't know, just maybe how that, that step felt in, in accomplishing that first Pan Am Championship. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an, an honor to win the first Pan Am Championship for Jamaica. I think like – 
how you guys were asking before, like, how can we help spread wrestling in Jamaica? I think, like, with anything, like, if you win, it's easier for people to follow you. And so, like, by doing that, I think it gives people, like, A, it gets it more, like, news and stuff like that. And so I think it draws more attention to Jamaica wrestling in Jamaica and everywhere else because, like, since that, I've had a lot of people reach out to me from South Florida that are wrestlers that were Jamaicans in Jamaica and then, like, a lot of other people. So I think, like, even though, um, like, it just was another tournament to me, like, it wasn't the Olympic qualifiers, I think it was, like, a big deal for Jamaica and um, going forward. Yeah. You said earlier that you've been going down to Jamaica since, I don't know, two years old, two months old, five years old, and, and often. Like, why were you originally going down there? Were your parents taking you on vacation, or was there something else? Um, Yeah, so my dad, like, started going to Jamaica when he was, like, 21, and then, like, him and my mom just, like, have always loved going there. So, like, growing up, um, we had, like, a big cattle farm, and so, like, my dad would raise out, like, cattle for, like, eight months, and then the other three or four months he would just like move to Jamaica. And so like that's, it was a pretty, pretty good childhood. And so like we would go all the time. And so um, I guess like just from that, like, I mean, I really spent a lot of my childhood going to Jamaica. Like, so it just became like a part of me and yeah. What do you like about, what do you like about Jamaica? Um, Mainly I think the biggest thing is just the culture and like how, people there act and things like that it's like i it's a lot different like usain bolt can just like walk down the street and like no one would even like bother him like no one would ask for his autograph or anything like that like it's just like another day so it's kind of cool that um things are like that and so i also just really like the food (laughs) the food's really good there um the friends and things like that some jerk chicken yeah the jerk chicken (laughs) oh yeah you have know. you ever seen Usain Bolt walking around the, the streets? Yeah, yeah, I have. Really? Did you go up and take a selfie? Yeah, I took a picture with him because um, we were lifting at the same gym. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. Thanks, um, Rick, I-, I wanted to ask you, h- how did you get introduced to wrestling? How did you how did you come about? Uh, how did you get your start in, into the sport? How did you – yeah. Well, you know, funny story. Uh, I moved to Canada back in the uh, – late 70s with my grandmother and uh her and i used to watch pro wrestling on tv and that's sort of how i got involved with uh with wrestling at uh i think i started wrestling in grade eight that's why i got involved but it was uh quite uh the show watching my grandmother you know she thought it was real you know <laughs> you know at, at one point she actually she was jumping up and down she broke one of our uh, couches in our house so it was quite interesting so that's how i got started wrestling and uh it just really, you know, it, it helped me a lot to keep me, you know, off the street, so to speak, growing up in a single parent family in Canada and so forth. So it's been really good. And I'm just glad uh, I was a part of it. And I'm back in the sport now with, working with uh, Angus and Legion. When did you, when did you, you know, you, you used to watch pro, pro wrestling and the couch yeah. broke. And then when did you find out about, you know, real wrestling? Well, I just sort of, I, I liked it. So I sort of uh, asked that asked around at school, you know, and I, I actually, I started wrestling in grade nine, grade nine. Yeah. I want to get involved. I started lifting weights, started running. And that's how I, uh, that's how I got involved in real wrestling. It's right. been good. Yeah. Um, so what's, what, you know, 
what would you guys like to accomplish next with with Jamaica and and growing growing wrestling? Well, uh, I, I think that one. Go ahead. Okay. Go um, I think the biggest thing is just qualifying the weight for the Olympics, and also um, trying to get a better source of funding for the um, Jamaica Wrestling Federation because the JOA has not. They have paid for a few tournaments, but a lot of it we've had to do self fundraising. And so that's been a little hard because like we're me and Rick are both like he has a job and like I'm normally training here in the state. So it's kind of hard to go to Jamaica and ask people for funds or donations or do things like that, especially with like how close the Olympics were. Now they're postponed. So it was kind of hard to like go back and forth and do all these different things. Um, are you guys are you guys looking to like maybe recruit other guys from the United States or or other countries to come wrestle for Jamaica? Yeah, as long as they have lineage to Jamaica, and uh, you know, I've got a friend of mine in Canada. His his son's probably a top cadet in his in the in his weight class, and they're interested. Like Angus said, plenty of Jamaican diaspora in uh, South Florida, if it's Atlanta. So yeah, we, we want definitely want to build a team and build. Uh, uh, a core coaching staff, administrators. Uh, we have pretty good board members in Jamaica. We're just trying to build on a whole. We want to build an organization with wrestling. Yeah, I wouldn't r- refer to it as stealing, though. I mean, people that are interested. We're not going to try to take yeah, away the yeah. guys from the USA team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you know you guys trying to get Jordan <laughs> Burroughs to come down and wrestle for Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and the, yeah. one, the one thing that really caught my interest too is is the beach, right? Um, do you think there yeah. might even be a bigger interest in beach wrestling than there would be in, in freestyle or Greco? Like, is that you know have more potential? Yeah, I I definitely think so for sure. And because like they don't need wrestling shoes or anything like that. And like I think it would be like beach wrestling would be a really good starting point because it's I mean it's kind of similar to Greco in a way and so like at least like they would be wrestling in some way and then maybe they could transition like when they're old enough you mentioned that the olympics is is sounds like probably not going to happen on time it may be pushed back does that does that give you guys a little bit more time to prepare is that do, do you feel like that is potentially a positive thing for the jamaican team yeah, it's definitely positive for me because um, I tore my meniscus, yeah. so I have to get a surgery this next week, um, and maybe my MCL. So definitely not too mad about the coronavirus happening from that aspect. Everything else is horrible, right. but um, from that aspect. Um, you, you mentioned guys with lineage, and you mentioned trying to put a team together. I happen to know a guy named Sion Williams. Um, you guys looking for a heavyweight, or you know, can I? Can we get him out there? <laughs> Yeah, Rick, can you hear him? I can, sorry, repeat that, please. You say I said you guys are looking for you know people to be on the team with lineage. I know a guy named Sion Williams. Uh, are you guys looking for a heavyweight? Oh, sure, yeah, bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's as good as they come, man. Sion's the man. Um, we're just about wrapping up our time with you guys. Um, we'll give you guys each uh, the last word. Rick, we'll start with you. If there's anything you want to say before we, before we get out of here. Well, I think Jamaica wrestling has great potential. The boys and girls, um, 
I think they're ready for it once we get some good uh, foundation coaching administrators, referees trained up and so forth. And um, we want to thank the persons that, that helped us to get to this point. And uh, Angus and uh, Cousins, they've made history by performing at the past two tournaments. And we're just looking for good things in the future. Hopefully they'll qualify for the Olympics and make history again. Awesome. And uh, Angus, Angus, you got anything you want to parting words? Um, no, I wanted to thank um, one of our main sponsors, um, Matthew Southwest um, Development Company, for all they've did, and just um, also for like Rick, he's put in a lot of time, even though he has a full time job and everything like that. But I'm excited for um, Jamaica wrestling going forward, and hopefully we can win a lot more medals at the next Pan Am Championships. Awesome, guys. Well, I really appreciate the time. Wish you guys the best, and we'll, we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks. See ya. Thank you so right. much for having us on. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank fellas. You. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you. Um, I just learned more about Jamaican wrestling than I knew. Yeah. Man, it's interesting to hear them talk about their priorities and, and um, you know, kind of first steps trying to accomplish things. And, and I, I guess I, I didn't know maybe it would be getting – things going at the grassroots youth level, but for them, it's big priority is getting representation at the Olympic games. I guess that makes sense. Top down. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Top down approach you get up here and hopefully the rest will yeah. eventually fall in line. So appreciate those guys coming on. We will move on to our next guest. He's a two time world medalist needs really no introduction. Mr. James green. How's it going? Hey, how you guys doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Awesome. Um, how's things your way? Uh, things yeah. pretty good so far, you know, keeping space between each other here and then getting out of here and going <laughs> home as soon as the show's over. So, um, man, what's, what's, what's your world like? I'm, I'm probably like everybody. You're at home with your wife and kid. Um, yeah, so it's, it's you know, being uh, at home, not really working out, but actually, uh, so we have a nine-month-old and daycare shut down, so I'm kind of running daycare around here my wife she's still um going in for work she's a correction officer so you know they don't shut down um so yeah it's just been me and the little one trying to stay out of trouble keep her entertained yeah what's uh how long has it been like that when did you have to stop working out or did they you know probably shut the room down or post you know um so i got a pool workout in i think last thursday and um they shut the room down last friday so this will be like the first full week i guess of kind of just doing some push-ups and getting on the airdyne some pull-ups um at home and running the daycare from here does it feel weird i'm sure you've you went to the Worlds, maybe you took a little time off with them, and boom, it's right back to training, and you've been nonstop for who knows how long. Does it does it feel weird or almost not right, like, to just sit around and do nothing but a couple push-ups here and there? Yeah, it's definitely weird because um, I'm always, you know, you get home at, or you're at home and you're trying to take time off wrestling, and it's hard because you just get antsy, you get a little, you got to do something. I'm always looking to get back in the room if, if I can. So to actually be locked out and have to stay home, it's uh, you got to find something else to do, really just try and keep yourself busy. And um, it's like a limbo. So uh, but it's it's nice, on the other hand, too, getting to spend more time with my daughter. Obviously, like you said, going to world championships or traveling, um, being on the road, it's hard to 
spend this much time with family. So um, on one perspective, it's it's been nice. I'm having fun um, and I'm enjoying the time off. Sure. And as we all know, it, it being the Olympic year, 70 kilos is gone. Um, what's that transition been like? Is it no problem getting up to 74 or are you trying to put on weight in a certain way? Uh, so in the beginning, uh, it, it's, it's no problem at all to get up. Um, but I feel like <laughs> in the sense of wrestling, you know, like when you gain weight or you're going up, you're still you have to be mindful of like just because you're going up doesn't mean you can, you know, start eating McDonald's and eating all everything you want. So when I went to the lines, we uh, had two kilos and um, that was it was day before or night before. So it didn't feel um it didn't feel like anything. It was just coming to work out and wrestle, having fun. Then we went to Italy, and I found myself like, oh, I got to hit the treadmill. I got to get in the sauna. So I just dialed it back a little bit and um, been trying to stay relatively just a little smaller. So, yeah. Right. Kind of as this whole thing was unfolding over the last week or two now maybe, time's kind of weird these right. days. But, um did you was it was it like most of us probably like you're not thinking it's a big deal and then one day or a couple of days it just hits you in the face like with reality of what's going on and oh my gosh we're gonna have to stay at home for a month at least yeah it's uh yeah it definitely when it first starts you're like oh that's you're looking from the outside world here in the United States and watching worldwide and then it's making its way over here and I was uh, listening earlier you know those like you had the college guys getting ready for NCAA. So I was helping some of those guys out and um, they're coming off a exciting weekend for Nebraska big tens. You know, they uh, had a lot of guys perform. They took second as a team. So they were really excited and um, I was excited for them. So I was looking forward to watching those guys ready, helping them prepare and then boom, you're, you're shut down. And um, yeah, my, I felt really bad for a lot of these guys, not just wrestling, but NCAA, overall in sports so to have everything just kind of shut down and stop and um yeah you're missing out on the opportunity it, it sucks and um but at the same time we gotta figure this out as a nation as a world as a people um yeah we gotta figure this out so it's it's bigger than just you know wrestling or it's bigger than just you and me um we gotta worry about the next person next to us or our neighbors or our friends and family and yeah it's just been crazy time i've never seen anything like it obviously i've never been a part of anything like this so um i'm sure be sitting here however long ago and talking about remember that time the ncaa's got canceled <laughs> yeah so. yeah uh to, to the ncaa's being canceled were you and you, and you said you were working out with some guys and and Nebraska did have a great Big Ten. I don't want to skip over that, man. They had a great year, actually. Yeah. They were poised to do good yeah. things. Were you, like, where were you when the news got delivered? Were you, like, in the room with some guys, or were you there when Coach Yeah, Manny I was actually whoever? working out with uh, – I was working out with Peyton Robb. Or I just got done working out with Peyton Robb, and then I believe I was about to get a freestyle workout in or just finishing up with uh, Tyler Berger. And, you know, I bought Peyton Robb with me as my training partner for the world championship. So I, I really felt for him, um, him being from Minnesota, him being a freshman, being able to wrestle in front of home crowd and friends and family. Um, yeah, I really felt bad 
uh, for him uh, to to be in that. You know, you're working out for the NCAA's, and then yeah. boom, no more NCAA's. So, yeah, that was just uh, a tough thing to go through right there for him. I know that. So, yeah, that's where I was at. I'm not sure where were you guys at? Were you guys in the flows? I was. I was. The, actually, I we had uh, Darian Caldwell was in town, just like we brought you down one time, right? We're shooting techniques and, oh, nice. and doing stuff. And so I was I was out doing stuff with him, and I came back, and actually, I don't remember Mike or somebody was shaking their head. I'm like, "What?" Said, "Canceled." Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we we um, well, so the the day before we had like a I don't know hour and a half long meeting about how to how to prepare for NCAA's and you know dividing up all the assignments, and we're all writing previews and, you know, getting everything ready. Yeah. And then yeah, that morning we heard like pro- Thursday morning, we heard it's probably not going to happen. So we kind of put everything on pause and we're trying to regroup. And then right before the official announcement, um, one of our head producers, he was telling us like, man, all these, all these producers that are normally out traveling and, and producing shows at event, uh, producing events are, are here. You guys want to fire up the studio if this announcement gets official. And so we like, you know, we prompt yeah. jumped in here. We jumped in here and we called a bunch of coaches, and that was that was bizarre. It was like a gradual thing, though. It wasn't like, you know, it was like, it, what was it? Uh, the basketball tournament got canceled, yeah. or the right, N- right. NBA, and then maybe the day before was no fans at the NCAA championships, and then it was NCAA basketball. Then it was like Big Tens weren't going, or ACC wasn't going. And it was like door shut. Yeah, nothing. And for you, I mean, um, I guess it has been announced that we're obviously going to postpone the Olympic trials. But what's that been like for you? Because you were, I'm sure, periodization and tapering or peaking. Like, you know, you should be one week away, two weeks away from right now. Yeah, a week and a half. When you got, like, hit with that news about the uh, the Olympic trials. You were just... Got a little choppy here. Really um, getting ready to start the peak, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially with the NCAAs. And then once they canceled that, it was just kind of like, all right, let's, let's figure out what's going to, obviously if they're canceling professional sports and NCAAs, what's the likelihood this is going to happen? They still have to have the last chance qualifiers. So it was just like one big snowball, snowball um, and not just on the outside. We're, we're talking about wrestling, but the university has already been put into effect as far as, you know, uh, closing down the, the buildings and act, limiting access. So um, our training situation was already in question before the, you know, they're talking about what they're going to do with Okay. We're having a... So uh, we're trying to figure things out here before we're even, you know, looking outward. And we can only be in conditioning workouts last, and now we're shut down. So more outs now, and just trying to stay ready. Yeah, it's kind of kind of bizarre. Um, you there? Yeah. Can you? We had a little bit of trouble hearing you. Can you? Can you hear and see me? That's a, that's the that's a no. Looks like yeah, I can hear you guys. Okay. okay, okay. Can you see us? I don't know if you. Could. We're just kind of a little touch and go here. How many fingers am I holding up? Okay. Two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, um, I don't think this is probably an elephant in the room, but there's a, there's a situation in Nebraska, right? And it's, it's you and Jordan, and you guys are obviously really good friends and teammates. Um, 
but you're now both in the same weight class. I right. wanna, I would assume you're probably not training together a whole lot. What's that? What's that situation? Uh, Maybe it's not. crazy because we we have been training as far as um, drilling, um, drilling and uh, um, play wrestling and sparring. Uh, once in a while, we'll do a couple of live situations, but, you know, he was getting ready for the Pan Am Championship, so there's still that aspect, like, uh, we're training partners, we're going to help each other get better, um, and I don't, I really don't think much will change if the Olympic trials were coming up and still um, going to be held, you know, two weeks from now, we maybe not have wrestled live together, but we've still been in the room and, uh, um, you know, I don't know if too many people would do that. There's no problem. There's never been an issue. There, I didn't have an issue. He hasn't had an issue. It's just business as you know. I think us both better to separate in aspect when we were to wrestle. We're wrestling every day. It's, it's we're in the practice room, so we, there's just hasn't been a difference. It's been the same things going on here in Nebraska. So I, I mean, I. All right, uh, James, I don't know if, if you can hear us. We kind of trudged through that a little bit. What I took from it was um, nothing's really changed. They're, they're, they're still training together. They wrestle some live together, drilling together. Um, and what's really cool is he's like, I, I think, right, it was kind of, you guys heard it was kind of broken up, but um, nothing's changed in their relationship. And it was interesting because at, out in Kazakhstan at, after the World Championships, Jordan had um, – taking a bronze medal and we i asked him you know what's the situation you know same kind of thing i just asked james basically and he said you know what it's it's going to be a house divided and um i was afraid that and i didn't know exactly what that meant right whether they're just gonna kind of stay away from each other but james we got you back i think and, and it sounds like all's cool you guys are are it seems like no 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 issues and we may have you rusted up a little bit again so James Dean, James Green, not James Dean. Yeah. Not James Dean, James Green. Yeah. Is on a, a freeze for just a little bit, but um, getting ready for the Olympic trials whenever he can at 74 kilos, doing some push-ups with this little boy. Yeah, I hope we get him back. Um, and uh, it looks like looks like we might have James back. I'm not sure. Um, can you hear us, James? Am I back? Yeah. Yeah, looks like you're back. Yes. We got you back. Yeah, loud and clear. So it kind of broke up there, but I, 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 the gist I got was that things are all cool between you and Jordan, and you guys even do train um, together sometimes. And you know, you were getting prepared for Pan Ams, and that's kind of where we lost you. But it, am, I, am I? Did I summarize that right? Now you can't hear me. Can you hear us, James? <laughs> Uh, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, loud and clear. All's good with you and Jordan, right? 
He's it's still a little slow on my end. All really? Right. Okay. Thank God. I'm not little, sure. A little bug. Uh, sometimes that happens with technology. Yeah. Um, See, hopefully that hopefully that connection irons out. I'd love to ask him some more questions about that. Yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him back. I am confident in technology and internet and everything else. Associated. Why? Why wouldn't we be at this point? There's no reason to not be confident. <laughs> uh, stuff happens, and then you're live on the air. You got to talk. What do yeah. you want to talk about? Yeah, man, I want to. I want to know. I would love to ask James if he's if he if he thinks about a potential match with Jordan. I mean, you know, it's it's cool to hear they're still training together and working together. Um, but I would I would love to know if, if that's something that he kind of plays out I, in his mind. Man, you got to imagine because it it's got to go through Jordan to get that spot. Yeah. Right? he got the medal. He gets to sit sit to the finals. Let us know if you can ever hear us loud and clear, James. I understand it's kind of touch and go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thumbs up. Yes. We James, we were just wondering as we you know, it's cool to hear that you guys are still training together, you and Jordan are still working out together and uh making each other better and I'm I'm just curious if you think about that potential match with Jordan and if you kind of play that out in your mind, obviously he's kind of going to be the guy to beat ultimately at at 74. Is that something that you think about? You think he's just ignoring you, or you think the screen's frozen? He might. Either way, <laughs> I don't think he's ignoring you. If he was, this would, would be a great, <laughs> be the perfect, be a great time to do it. I Looks like, yeah. Well. Stare blankly. What if we just stop and go like this? People think we're frozen. Okay. We could be. Yeah. We we yeah. could be for all we know. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, James Green. I got to say the answer is yes. If I'm answering for him, which I can't, I'm. Just for fun, I, I, right? He's got to be thinking about that. You would assume, yeah. You know, uh, he wants to make the Olympic team. That's his goal. Yeah. Um, you know, what I, I mean, I think the the question for me is, you know, um, oh, there it looks like we might we might have him back. <laughs> Every time we start to th- you know theorize, and then we get hope that uh, we might have him back. I see him. Can I hear him? Can you hear us, James? Not yet. I think he was going to give us a thumbs up, and then it froze right with the yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, the first time I got to see James at seventy four kilos was at the Alliance. He mentioned that, and he looked really good there. Made the finals, uh, was scoring points on Sabalov. Ended up losing that match in the finals, but beat a bunch of tough Russians. So I think he's, I think he's a legit contender at seventy four kilos. And I mean, everyone's talking about Burroughs, Dake, Imar, but. James Green is, uh, I think, right up there with these guys. Yeah, and, and you know, if we take a look back to um, four years ago in 2012, you know, he, he was obviously at 70, and that's gone in the Olympics years. He tried to crunch down to, um, was it 65, I think, at that point? Yeah, yeah. And he made the weight, but, man, he just, you know, he looked physically, not even just his performance, but he looked not great, you know, sucked out. And, and you could totally tell the the – the way it had just affected him too much, and it was just too big of a pull. So um, it's going the other way this time, beefing up, and, uh, and as he said, it's not really a problem making the weight. So yeah, um, I do see him. I don't know if we can hear him yet. He's trying to get things set. James, you can you hear us? Check one, two. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, James, hopefully we hopefully keep you on here. Um Man, it's it's cool to hear that uh, you and Jordan are still sharpening each other, making each other better. Better, but uh, I have to imagine you guys are are you know, potentially set to 
face off? Is that a match that you think about? And, you know, when you think about competing with a teammate, how, how does that, I mean, how does that work? How do you think about that situation? I'm not sure you heard Joe, David. I'm not either. <laughs> I think our connection is still not, not too great. Yeah, well, the risk you run when you're going live internet TV. Yep. That's what we'll do. Uh, yeah, I can hear you guys. All right. Take three, Bray. All right. Is there... Switch to the phone. So let's see okay. if that works out. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so, all right. I'm I gonna can ask... hear you guys. Can you... Okay. Can you... you can hear us? All right. Great. I'm gonna can ask you hear us... me? Yep. We're going to roll with this. Yep. Um, James, we're just wondering, you know, if you're thinking about that potential matchup with Jordan, it's great that you're still training together and sharpening each other, but uh, how, do, how do you, you know, think about that potential match? Are there, you know, specific ways you envision that going? Technology is not going to let this it's question get asked question. or answered, yeah. which is all right. <laughs> well, um, well, I think it, this this I don't really think about that matchup, not really, just because um, <laughs> you still can't hear me. I can hear you. We can hear you. Bring it. Well. Well, I don't know that that's going to work. James is on the line, but we're continuing to have a little bit of difficulty. So, I think yeah, I think we might. might it sounds like maybe we're we're lagging enough that like it's you know a, wh a while later that he hears the yeah, question. Yeah, well, and, then... and sometimes we may not come through all the way. Yeah. So, um, all right, should we try it again? Yeah, James, can you hear us? All right. Yeah, you, you guys were just lagging a little bit last time. Okay. Um, can you still hear us? Take two. I'm yeah, it's a bunch of lagging. Let's give this maybe. Let's give this another try or two, and if this doesn't work, maybe I don't have to kill a call or whatnot. But um, because I still don't see I see him, but I don't hear him. Yeah. Yeah. So Bray, when is the first time you remember watching James Green? When did he come onto your radar? Uh, not till college. Not till he was in college. I didn't. I didn't follow him kind of much when he was coming up. But uh, I remember his, you know, much of his career in Nebraska. He always felt like a potential NCAA champion. Um, and then especially his senior year, right? That year that Imar won it. Yeah. Um, that that was the year that like you know he, he looked so good. But throughout his entire college career, it was kind of the first time I, I paid attention to James Green. What about you? Sure. Uh, well, obviously doing the flow thing. I I was. Uh, I guess introduced to him in high school. Joe Williamson actually was the one who told me about him, and then I got to see him wrestle, and um, it was just awesome. It was this nice young boy who was pretty freaking good at wrestling. Yeah. Um, Bob Acosta out of New Jersey really used to help him out. Take him around to tournaments. Bob's tense. We got you covered. That was the tent thing. Um, and then yeah, man, just like in you know, it was like. You see these good high school, you know, kids who are good in high school, or even for him, it was more like just kind of blossoming, blossoming, yeah. like raw talent that was ready to be sharpened. So um, I was really excited to see him get to college, and then it was like 
boom. He was he was ready to go and took off and I think it was seven seven three three. That sounds that sounds right. I'm not sure. But um like you said, definitely seemed like he was poised to win um an NCAA title that, that senior year and I think it was him and Imar and I think Ness was it was a really fun yeah. fun weight class was no, Daringer, maybe Daringer was up by then, kind of get the year. The years kind of go by. Yeah. One of the Altons and was in there for a while. Um, those, those guys were fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So, I was, man, that 57 group was was fun for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, I was – honestly, I was a little surprised. His his first year out, right, boom, he was – was 2015. Was that when he graduated, I think? And then immediately goes out to the World Championships, takes – a bronze medal, I believe he dropped his. Was it? Did he lose in the semis? I think to Yazdani Chirati, yeah, of Iran, who um, who beat Aaron Pico in the Junior Worlds, I think, in the finals the year prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he made another team, and I think it was in 2017 when he took a silver medal and lost in the finals too. He lost. To, oh yeah, that was right? Chimi- uh Was it Chimizo? Yeah, that's. I'm right. pretty sure. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure. I think it was Frank Chimizo. Um, he's been on a couple other world teams. Um, awesome dude, that James Green. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting a note from our uh, producer Tyler. It looks like we might have James on audio only. Um, James, can you hear us? Nope. 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 All right. Nope. I wish I still had my Stroop waffle. I could just show the. Oh hey, there he is. Maybe. I heard something. Can, James, can you hear us? Okay. I don't... I don't think it's... It's not in the cards. James Green. It's not in the cards. That's unfortunate because I freaking love this guy and I, I like talking to him, but um, I think that's going to be disconnected and yeah. we're just going to keep trudging through. we got about, I think, seven minutes or so till um, Helen's supposed to call in, so we'll get her on the line. And Okay, back to... When did Helen Marules come on your radar? I'm sure it wasn't when she won a, a gold medal, right? No, no, much much earlier than that. Um, well, I remember when we were in the Olympic trials in 2012, Iowa City. Helen was was supposed to make the team. That was kind of she was this young up and comer, and and you know everyone thought she was going to make the team. Didn't end up happening. Um, Kelsey. I think Kelsey, Kelsey Campbell, Campbell took the spot that year, and uh, and it, that was a that was a big surprise. That was you know Helen was one of the kind of bright young stars coming coming through um, in 2012, and and uh, and then and didn't make the team. And then obviously we know you know between 2012 and 2016, just this crazy surge. And then 2017 might have been the best that she maybe oh had, had looked that that year. Lights she was out. so dominant. But um, I think 2012 was the first first time I was really aware that she could be the you know potentially the face of of women's wrestling in in the u.s yeah i was it was probably the year prior the first year i got the shirt on today first year i went to the worlds was in 2011 and i had i knew about her i knew that she you know was this young woman young lady who was pretty good wrestler i think had been on a junior and or you know been on an age level team maybe even had a medal or whatnot but i remember you know why it was the first time i think i really got to focus on her, right? If you're at the U.S. Open or whatever, there's so many matches going on. Yeah. But when you're at the Worlds, you're watching one American at a time. And mm-hmm. you're, and I just remember she would just like – I remember I kept saying, this girl is going to throw the kitchen. She's going to drag and then she's going to shoot and then she's going to inside trip and then she's going to look for, you know, uh, a, a pick. And she just had this giant 
variety of attacks. Um, even shoot, that's nine years ago. Um, yeah. And she she didn't she won a couple matches. She might even won a a couple repechages. She didn't medal. We did have uh, two two women, Adeline and um, oh, it's Ali um, Ali Bernard. I think both took bronze medals. Yeah. For the women that year, and then and then um, but Helen misses out and. And twelve, but I remember fourteen in Tashkent. She wins the bronze, and then it's like lights out. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. You yeah. know, she takes out Yoshida in sixteen, and she lights out. In, I don't think she gave up a point in twenty seventeen. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure she went through the entire tournament without without giving up a point. Um, and it was it was all text, wasn't it? Or pins? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it was all text. Yeah, it might, it might have been a pin somewhere. Um, and that brings us to twenty eighteen. Which was really unfortunate, um, you know. That she just and I don't even know the full story whether or not she's she's ready to talk about it. We'll we'll find out. But um, we all know some kind of head injuries, um, concussions. I guess kind of severe and from her words, I think traumatic experience. Um, didn't wrestle in the trials. I don't even know when exactly the these head injuries occurred. Um, but got her final ex. Postponed, ended up till like right before Worlds. Was it? Right? It was. Was it backed up, tacked on top of uh, who's number who's one? Number one. Yeah, in they did it in Lehigh, and then uh, goes to the Worlds and got pinned in the first round. Uh, you know whether or not she was hurt or I don't know. Um, and then we didn't see her. You know, for she took this past year, twenty nineteen, she didn't compete. Um, back on the mat though, and goes out to Pan Ams. Looks great. Qualifies the spot and. Um, she looked really good, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think really good, and I, I mean, not just really good um, relative to her competition that day, but better than she looked, you know, a month ago at at WCWA when she when she uh, won the matches against Ali Reagan and Jenna Burkett to to take that spot on the team. Right, I think she clearly had improved in that short amount of time. So um, good in a lot of ways, and and that was really cool to see. Yeah, um, she's just been really elevating the game. And, you know, we'd be remiss if we don't mention Adeline Gray. As, yeah. You know, two women who have really almost taken USA women's wrestling on their backs and, mm-hmm. and elevated the sport and elevated the game and have uh, really paved the way for a lot of young women to to be set up to do big things. Yeah, and it's, it's cool, too, because – uh, I think there was a time in, in women's wrestling when it was kind of, you know, it was one or two women that were going to maybe medal each year. And then after that, it was, you know, um, you didn't really know what, what, what to expect. I think now we're at a place in USA women's wrestling where because of the leadership of a couple um, a couple women like, like Helen, um, you know, like Adeline, that we kind of expect these – whole entire teams to be at least competing for medals, right? Almost everybody that we send usually is, is in the conversation for a medal. And, and I think because of the success that, that Helen and Adeline have had year after year, uh, a lot of other women are, are following. And that, that kind of what you just said brings me back to what our first guest, Tony Ursland was saying, you know, um, because Lighty and Bruner and these guys are having success, now the guys that are coming through believe that they can do it and, and are stepping up and ready. And really over the last, you know, this past quad, we've seen more success. And it's like, I, I've, I don't know, I feel like in 20, they kind of blend together. But I feel like it was 
2017, we had some good performances. 2018, we had more girls, women in the medal matches. And 2019, even more of those girls are now getting to those medal matches and winning. And mm-hmm. we have, <clears throat> excuse me, a slew of, of women. Shoot, M- M- Mallory Velti won a medal in 18, and she gets beat off the team in 19. Or maybe she won in 17. They, they just get, the years kind of go back. But it's like yeah. now we're finding some depth, and these young ladies are coming up, the, the Kayla Miracles of the world. And really, this team's filling out nicely, and you know Tamara steps up, and Jakara steps up, and all of a sudden it's like we got a team full of hammers, and yeah. watch out, Japan. you know. Yeah, this year's Olympic team, or whatever, whenever the Olympics happen, it might be this year, might uh, might not. Um, but the team, the team that we're gonna have assembled, uh, I mean, depend. You never know, right? You never know what's gonna happen in Olympic trials. We, the team we think will assemble, um, will will probably um, or or could include. Um, so so Sarah at at yeah. uh, a at silver 50, medalist, silver world silver medalist. Um, then Jakara is a world champ, right? Then uh, Helen, right? Olympic gold medalist. Then 62, um, you know, it could be, could be Kayla, it could be, Velti, could, could be, be Velti, could, you know, could be again, back to medalist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Velti's a medalist. Um, Kayla was, I think in the medal match this year. Is that right? Or may, uh, I, that might not be right, but, um, she's, she's looked really good. She's medal at the age level. Then, uh, Tamira, Tamira dominant. She might've been the most dominant wrestler in the whole world last year. She was good. And then Adeline. So, uh, really solid team. Top to bottom, and I, I I can't wait to see what that team can do. Yeah, we're working on getting Helen on the line. I'm chatting with my producer out back. Um, one moment. Corona's hit the internet a little bit hard uh, today. Um, so as <laughs> as Bader's getting that um, lined up, let me tell you guys a little bit about what we can look forward to this week. We're still filling in some of these time slots, but uh, tomorrow be really cool. We'll talk with Joe Rao who. Qualified the U.S. for um, for an Olympic spot in Greco-Roman, 87 kilos, and then Coach Damian Hahn, who who's now doing great things in South Dakota State. Um, also, we'll have Yanni on the call tomorrow at 11, and so really always good to catch up with him. Yep. Um, Wednesday, you got Jordan Cutler, Nico Megaludis, Jaden Cox, and Jakara Winchester, a couple world champs to close out the show on uh, on Wednesday, and then Thursday, Thursday, Jeez. Stephen Abbas. I think you missed that one. Steven Abbas was one of the first guys that I, that I remember watching um, in high school, middle school, high school, where I was like, this guy's doing things that like no one can do. Weird stuff. Like this guy's doing stuff. No one can do. And I remember seeing him at the NCAAs. I think he was a senior when I was like, maybe a sophomore or something, but um, like turn his back to guy. He'd like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like turn around and taunt guys, yeah. and I'm like, man, what would I don't know what I'd do if that if I was his opponent? I'd be free. I'd be like, all right, this guy messing with me, and yeah. Stephen Abbas, so this is some kind of voodoo trick. Man, I I remember I I had seen him, um, but you know back then, even like even watching the NCAA finals was was you know a lot, a lot of times they're on tape delay or or whatever, yeah. and there was one time where. My friends and I were, I don't know, killing time at the mall or whatever, whatever we used to do. Whatever you do in Wyoming. Whatever you, I, I didn't grow up in Wyoming. I grew, <laughs> I grew, up, in, I grew up in Colorado. Uh, but, but we were, you know, killing time in the mall or whatever. And I was in like a, I don't know, a Best Buy or something in the mall and walking through the TV section and, and all the TVs happened to be on ESPN. It happened to be Stephen Abbas 
in the NCAA finals. And, you know, I was familiar with him, but I just remember like standing in this aisle in this Best Buy or whatever, watching him on like 30 screens, you know, crazy NCAA final. And um, it's like, all right, this this is super cool. Yeah, it's freaking awesome, awesome wrestler. Really did some weird things. Um, Olympic silver medalist. And I tell you, uh, 2008, you know, he it's, he's returning. Henry's coming in. And it was just like this drama you know and their flow was brand new in its yeah. infancy you know and the the wrestling media and and the internet and twitter and, and everything else where we share information immediately wasn't there but i was at the trials and the the feel excuse me inside that arena was was electric there was tension yeah um i can't remember if henry won in two matches or if it went to a third i don't remember either but i i remember feeling sad yes Super sad that that uh, the Abbas got beat, and then and 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 there was a, a uh, there was an interview, right? There was a, some reporters went around at some point, got got in, and I'm sure Martin or Joe who was at, with Flow at the time, um, and it was just this like it was a, it was a sad, and it was him being very emotional and just like you know, basically saying I'm retiring, yeah, my career's over, and. Uh, I vividly remember watching that thing, though. It's 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 wild. He Abbas took his shoes off, put them on the mat, and and that was, you know, that, man, that was emotional. That that was. I mean, it always is, right? When these guys that we've been following for years and years retire and and do that publicly and put their shoes on the mat. I just remember thinking. I mean, I, everyone everyone knew how good Henry could be. Everyone knew that Cejudo was kind of the future. But still, sometimes, you know, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we've been talking about it even this morning with our women's team. You think about the team you're sending to the Olympics in terms of what have they already done? What are the med- what's their medal right. count? What's their, you know, we got an Olympic silver medalist. And, and that was one of the first years that um, I remember seeing this Olympic medalist get beat off the team by this, this young guy and thinking like, well, man, I don't know. Maybe we just lost our best opportunity to win a medal and then henry goes and wins the whole thing wins a gold and um you know with that in mind I mean, our, our women's team is either going to be right medalist medalist champ 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 or, or somebody who's coming up who can beat somebody like that yeah. so it, you know the depth we have on the women's team is really really cool and I, abbas is you know example of that that normally when we see somebody comes along that we weren't expecting it works out okay yeah and i guess just uh give an update um a crazy world we live in. Verizon, I guess, I'm just reading what my producers tell me, is like down in Lincoln. What? That's You see what I'm seeing here? Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I don't know if Helen's on Verizon, but they're having troubles getting with her. I, I hope this isn't like a thing that pro- continues, right? Like yeah. every day we're kind of getting new information with what's happening in our world. And uh, if... Hopefully it's a temporary thing. Cell phones don't start having issues everywhere because that could be. This is, I mean, you wonder about like all the fallout from this virus. This is something I hadn't thought about, but it makes sense, right? People are, people have time to connect with family and friends, and that's a good thing. But if that's flooding the flooding the towers, that's kind of kind of an uh, unexpected consequence of the virus. So okay, now I got another producer. We got a hold of her. We're working on getting it together. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they're talking. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get her on the show. One other thing possible. that I saw somebody uh, somebody 
post in our in our wrestling chat a little bit earlier. Um, we've been asking people about the possibility that, or what they think about the possibility of the Olympics being postponed. Um, over the weekend, Canada announced that they they won't they won't participate uh, in in 2020. Right? They want they want it pushed back. And then Australia just earlier this morning made the same announcement. So uh, it feels a little bit like when NCAA's got canceled, the exact same thing. right? I mean, it was like okay, Harvard's out night before. Then it was okay, um, I think Duke, and then and then Virginia, and then all the ACC, and then it just kind of feels like that, like one country and then another is saying not this summer. So I think it's probably a matter of time before. I I've been thinking, you know. I think I even maybe said it last week. I hate to, right? And I said it before they canceled the NCAAs, but I just felt I was. It's, I think it's going to happen. I mm-hmm. think that's going to happen this summer, especially when you start to see, hey, we're not coming. Hey, yeah. we're not coming. Hey, we're not coming. It's exactly what happened with with all of this stuff, and um, it's 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 going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle it. I don't know what's. So I mean we don't obviously we don't we don't know uh, enough about the whole the whole world itself. But in terms of wrestling, if I do know that we do know wrestling, I don't know right? Much about anything else? Right. And that's all we need to know. That's all <laughs> we need to know about. Uh, if the Olympics get postponed to 2021, then you know one of the one of the big reasons that I've heard is that it's it's a summer Olympics, so it needs to happen in the summer. They can't push it to December. All the outdoor stuff, sure. whatever. But but wrestling can happen any time of the year. Do you think there's any chance that, that they potentially UWW puts a, a worlds on in December or something? No, but maybe. No. Like I, I no, I hadn't maybe. thought of it till you said it. <laughs> yeah, my knee jerk reaction was no. But you know, I the, the the thing that makes it so tough is like we don't know. Yeah, are we gonna be everything's cool in a month or in, is it gonna be June and everybody's still like holy crap. Well, let's I mean, go- even let's say July. By July, it's fine. You know, we'll, we'll is there a chance that uh, that UWW says, "Hey, let's let's put a worlds on in 2020." Other because otherwise, if there's no worlds in 2020, then there's no worlds in 2021 because that's the Olympics. So it, there's just it, a it, year gone. That happened in NCA. Yeah, it happened in baseball in '94, right? Yeah, it has happened. I hope it doesn't. That would be bizarre. I mean, it's just. Everything's changing so fast. It's really hard to predict. Yeah. What turn this is going to take? What? You yeah. Know. Man, it'd be it'd be crazy if if they did throw a world together in in 2020 because everybody's been condensing down to these Olympic weights, and then all of a sudden you you'd have ten back, and then what would you know what what would that mean? And then if you had a world's really late, how would that impact? Qualifying for the Olympics, which all happens, you know, much earlier in the year, and I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be really curious to know if they, if they would think about it, and then if they did, what would be pros and cons for, for, um, I don't know, for, for pursuing that as an option. What's the last sporting event you watched live in person or live on TV or the internet? Uh, Pan Am's, yeah. Pan Am Olympic qualifier. I think. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I caught some of that. Yeah. And then Big Ten's before that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the next event you're going to watch live? Man. Um, I think it'll be I think it'll be like a Major League Baseball game with no fans. I think they'll – You I think, think – so you think – it's so interesting because I guess people think about what's going to – 
what's the other end of this look like? Actually, right? Does it, are you gonna start? You think they'll start having uh, sporting events with no fans and slowly, yeah, release society kind of back I, out like that? I do, but actually, Major League Baseball is a bad guess. I think because I think they're gonna have to do spring training again. These guys are all not training, so I think that one. I think I think that's probably not going to happen. I think unless it's a spring training game, but I don't think that'll be an official. So maybe they'll have maybe they have like a condensed baseball season. I heard somebody saying that it'd be it'd be really cool for Major League Baseball to um, to have have spring training and then begin the season with the All Star game. Like kick that's it right, off usually in the middle, right? It's usually in the middle. Kick it off with the with the All Star game and then uh, you know and then and then go from there. But um, I don't know. I so okay. So so baseball is bad guess for first sporting event. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's a wrestling event that we put on with five matches. That'd be fun. That'd five, be fun. you know, a few people getting yep. together. I don't know. I I would imagine UFC because they just they were going to have an event this past weekend. And I don't think it got canceled until the week of. And actually, I guess I didn't realize it because I was like everybody else, kind of hanging out at home Saturday, trying to kill time. And yeah. uh, I was like, to my I'm like, hey, there's a. UFC on tonight. Yeah, let's watch it. My wife was like, "Yes, let, you know anything." Yeah, yeah. sweet. And then uh, you know, later on, we're eating dinner. I'm like, oh, "I'll check on it," and I was like, Shh, "Cancel." Yeah, dang damn it. But yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. I mean, I, I, on FRL last week, Askren was saying something about you know if, if UFC if they just get the two fighters to a hotel for 14 days and quarantine them and and be the, that be the last part of their their training camp in some hotel and they're quarantined and they test and they're they're test, test negative and they're fine then you know put them in a cage in front of nobody and uh you can make it happen so i think there are ways that obviously you know adds a lot of expenses to an event when you're adding two weeks of hotel for two guys and all this but it might work out interesting and <laughs> from, from like a, an athlete point of view it's like you got to keep working out up to the fight. Now you tell them, nope, two weeks, do nothing. Sit in a hotel room. Yeah. So it's like. Or work out in the hotel, whatever you can, you uh, know. Yeah. Jump, push up. James yeah. Green style. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of quarantine workouts right, right. out on the internet right, right, right now. Right. I'm sure these guys would be able to uh, figure it out. We're going to. Still working on uh, getting Helen onto the show. We got something reset on our side. Um, more more connectivity issues, and I wonder if this is related to kind of the same thing Verizon's experiencing. But it looks like Comcast Internet um, and Verizon now are also uh, also having having connectivity issues. So um, that's I don't know. That's not good. No, like just like standing in my backyard yesterday, staring out over the empty yard thinking what are these next months going to look like well our producer Caleb just said CenturyLink also down that's that's like a provider yeah yep so um, man that is crazy that's three I mean that's three people th- three sources of internet that uh, or, or of you know data that, that a lot of people I don't, what's this building on with? I have no idea yeah I don't do you know. I don't know I don't know who our inter- internet it's obviously not is. one of those three yeah we're we're hanging in there, so I think, I think we're still we off. think for all we know we could be we could just be talking to each other. Nobody's listening. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. T- you know, like this is this will go down in you know history books. You know, people be. I think I, I think I heard the last time there was something like this was eight, 1918. It's like holy crap, that's a hundred over a hundred years ago. Yeah, you know. Um, I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't some either. kind of um, the disease of 18, 1918, maybe the nineteen eighty flu, nineteen eighteen flu, influenza. 
So I don't know. You know, we'll 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 hang out here, see what if we can get Helen through. I I apologize. This stinks, right? We'd love to to have all these callers on, and and really hopes that this doesn't continue to be an issue throughout the rest of the week. Um, additionally, we are prepared. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but um, I got a little kit, a camera, and I don't know a bunch of cords and stuff I plugged together, and um, we're set, ready to do this from home. Mm-hmm. Whenever they say, "Hey, um, the city is on absolute shutdown. Nobody's supposed to leave their house." Ready to do this thing, and I got a hard line for the internet. So as long as the internet works and the phones are working, we will continue to have this show. As you said, we got a a nice list of people lined up for the rest of the week, and we'll be continuing to reach out and get more slots set up as uh, as the week continues. Yeah. What's the last preview you wrote? And were you in the middle? I think were you in the middle of writing a preview when all this happened, and you were just like, like, yeah. like probably like the guys at, at practice, right? Why yeah. finish practice? Why finish the preview? Yeah, yeah. Then I mean, you know, I was uh, working on one forty one for NCAA's, and uh, you know, I mean, that, that the big story there was uh, obviously Pletcher and Lee, and man, those guys, um, perfect, perfect number one and two situation where yeah. both guys dominated everybody all season, or. Not not everybody. I mean, they, each guy had had a couple decisions and it's clear separation though. Yeah, clear separation. I think Pletcher had a couple overtime matches, but um, but other than that, he had you know his bonus rate was through the roof. Nick Lee's bonus rate was through the roof. They had split matches. Uh, you know, Lee won at the duel. Pletcher won at Big Tens, and it just felt like this perfect NCAA final, like this you know this this one that um, everybody would be looking forward to. So uh, that was the one, and then the, the other one that I was scheduled to write was 174, which was kind of similar with Kemmer and Hall. Yeah. Um, both, both guys clear ones and one and two. And although I don't know, Cutler, we're going to talk to Cutler and he might, he might feel like he, <laughs> he has something to say about that. Something to say about it. He, he never got a chance to wrestle Kemmer. So well, hopefully um, we're going to talk to Cutler if he's not on CenturyLink or, uh, <laughs> right. What was it? Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. CenturyLink. Get Verizon. Fixed Comcast, up. Yeah. You know, today, tomorrow, um, it's kind of what wild times we're living in, folks. I feel like I feel like I don't know what's going on. The internet was one thing I kind of thought would be safe. I thought the, the <laughs> internet we wouldn't have to worry about too much with this, but apparently, apparently we do. I mean, think about all the people that that we've talked to who are saying um, that that they're now. I mean, Tony Ursland. Now we're all video chat all the time. Yep. We're all you know. We're all we've been. We all were on oh, so we, video chat and. and we had one last week with 50, 60, 70 people on it, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the one nice thing about our all-company meetings is is our, our producers stream them out so we can watch it like a streamed event. Um, but most of the time, it's like, you know, Hangouts. jumping on Google Hangouts. And, and, um, and, and a lot of people are talking about how much value there is and making sure your camera's turned on so you can see everybody's faces and makes you feel more connected. But that obviously, you know, requires more <laughs> bandwidth. And so um, – Everybody's do every makes sense. All these all these internet uh, providers talk, are talking struggling. Talking to um, Rich Bender the other day, you know, he said, "Hey, we're going to make adjustments," and a lot of a lot of the people there sounded like didn't lean into technology maybe as much as they have to now. Yeah, and that they're getting on board and everything's teleconference and video chat and hanging out and just like we're hanging out, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what Verizon or Comcast or whatever has to do to beef it up but could you imagine if if this was just like the 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 virus um this i mean the what we're talking about these 
shutdowns of the internet it's not working what if this is the tip of the iceberg and it's just like right just talking here not uh, suggesting that's what's going to happen but could you imagine if like the internet shut down no what would happen no. how would the world what imagine imagine trying to deal with this with this quarantine situation without the internet and all you have is like a 5 5 p.m and a 10 p.m news 30 minute news broadcast or whatever like imagine if this had been 30 years ago 40 years ago um i, I don't I, know I think it would have been a lot worse because I think the fact that we can access information like that, I mean, the city of Austin has been more or less shut down for a week, you know. Um, I'm talking to my family in St. Louis. It sounds like they're just kind of a few days behind, right, Mm -hmm. as far as telling the city to go home. Um, But we're all getting that information pretty fast, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. I don't know if, you know, the social distancing two weeks ago was a joke. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, 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 that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, and people are catching on. And I think it would have taken a lot longer for that to catch on. Yeah. Obviously. I'm yeah. Stating the obvious here. Got nothing else to say. We've been – uh, fill time. We've been going for a lot of walks and stuff. And, and um, by our house, there's this one There's this one trail. And you ever, you ever try to pass somebody in a narrow hallway and it's like really awkward and you kind of – you know, it feels like that out in the open on a yeah. trail. We'll be walking and there – maybe somebody else or their family is – coming towards us in the other direction and you start that like am i going this way are you going that way <laughs> dance like 50 <laughs> feet like ahead and it's just it's wild it's you know it's so weird to live in this time right now yeah yeah we're going for a lot of walks and we got this uh wagon deal folds up like an accordion you know yeah. pulls out so put the baby in not the baby she's three now yeah put the kid in there and uh we've just been like uh finding all different routes through our neighborhood and streets we don't normally walk down to to walk down, so I think everybody's just hanging out at home and taking walks. And um, oh, I just started watching a new thing on Netflix yesterday. I think somebody in the our wrestling chat posted posted about um, Tiger King. Yes, did you? I, I started watching. Wow. I, I listened to a podcast about the about this story. Okay, and I mean, I I'm yeah, I'm hooked. I've I've watched uh, one episode. It's it's crazy. How how far bizarre? Did you get? I. I, I not because it's not exciting. I just took a nap yesterday and I fell asleep in the middle of it. Um, but I watched. We finished the whole episode, okay. first episode, and, and so I think it started the second. But I think yeah. we, you know, started making dinner and stuff. Yeah, that's cr- yeah. What, uh, what, yeah, elevator pitch is like. Does this? It's like the, apparently this crazy community of people that like raise giant cats, tigers, and like leopards and stuff. Two hundred of them, or something. Yeah, and the, apparently this little like subculture is there's a ton of cult, if you will, coming. Yeah, yeah. But there's like there's it's it's mostly centered on this one place in Oklahoma, but then there's I think some other place in Florida. Those guys don't get along. There's like murder involved, all kinds of crazy stuff. So it that's 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 a bizarre show if you're getting to the end of your uh your your list of Netflix um stuff. The end of Netflix? I thought that was that's the beginning of my list. I'm saying if if you've already watched all the stuff that is oh, on your list to watch got it. and you need another another uh another series, that's one that you should Yeah. Put I'm in always looking for Netflix series because I don't I don't have a good, you know, routine of watching Netflix series. I mean, yeah. just, just start that maybe. Yeah. Child goes to bed and we start watching. Do you have any other Netflix recommendations right now? Oh, the seven five. Don't know about it. Oh, tell man. me, give me, the, give me the pitch. Oh man, I think it's like the seventy fifth precinct, um, uh, police, you know, precinct in New York City or Long Island or something, and just like corrupt. And and they're really? it's all over, but they tell about how corrupt they were, and they were taking drugs from the drug dealers and yeah. selling them, or you know, it's just like it was. 
bad. Yeah. Really. I mean, what was going on in this um, precinct, I guess it was, man, on, on freaking real. Really? So it's yeah. like documentary document series or is it uh, one movie? I think it's a, I think it's a series. Okay. Okay. Or maybe it's seven just, five. Yeah. The, the seven five, the I seven think. Five. All right. Um, yeah. I just stumbled upon it. Maybe, you know, Netflix has the, the previews show up and yeah. And give you a little trailer sometimes, even if you don't ask for it. So I think I saw it there and I was like, yeah. 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 So one, one, uh, documentary, I don't know. It's kind of docudrama. I think they've dramatized a lot of it, uh, that, 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 uh, I'll recommend, um, put the kids to bed and then, and then watch, uh, the legend of cocaine Island. Have you seen that one? No, dude. So, the, so <laughs> the basic gist is like some guy spent time on some island, some desert Island. And one day this like giant bag of cocaine washes up onto the, onto the shore. Just shows up, just washes up onto the beach. So he didn't know what to do with it. He knew what it was. He knew what it was. Didn't know what to do with it. Buries it in the sand for like a rainy day or whatever. Anyway, it goes about his life and, hanging out in the backyard with buddies is always telling this story. Well, 08 economic collapse comes along and this, and this family gets really like devastated. Not, not this guy, but one of his friends. And so this, this, his friend is like, I'm gonna go get that bag and try to sell it so I can like, you know, save my family or whatever. And, uh, so that's like where it starts. And then it it gets crazier from there. (laughs) I mean, imagine like just some random dude trying to figure out how to, where go, was, go find this and then go go sell it. Right? But, where, where was this? I, it was like I'm picturing the Caribbean, but I yeah, know. some I think it was a, a Caribbean island, but uh, I don't know which one. I think yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't remember that part, but um, but it's like imagine you're you know you're you're like you're like wacky uncle or something trying to like <laughs> trying to go pull this off. Um, so it's pretty wild. Looks like our producers are trying one more test with Helen, so we'll see we'll see if that happens. But outages nationwide. Yeah. Um, one more thing I did want to talk about. I know they've been uh, the last couple of days on social talking about the se- top secret project. Oh, yeah. Should we reveal to the world? And I, I think I actually said it on the show yeah. last week, but yeah. um, we're going 24-7. Um, this same link, actually, I think starting at 2 p.m. today. So we have to shut it down for just uh, a minute. They're going to change the name from Flow Wrestling Radio Live to Flow Wrestling 24-7, I believe. But then starting at 2 p.m. today, you come back to this link 24-7. Um, there will be wrestling on. Man. You don't have to think about what to watch. It's there for you. We'll have matches, films, interviews. Um, you give us suggestions, and we can plop it right in there. It's basically a, a running playlist that uh, will just go for you. So That's amazing. I know um, when I was – I'm thinking about James talking about you know raising his baby and spending time with his baby. I know when I was uh, – when our kids were, were real little and you're up in the middle of the night a lot of times, something like that would have come in handy. Yeah. Be able to just turn it on instead of well, – I think that's probably what I was doing a lot of time in the middle of the night anyway was trying to find wrestling matches or listen to interviews. But be a little easier to just turn it on. There it is. Um, and plenty of time to spend at home, so it would be great. Yeah. We, we cut the cord cable-wise about a, uh, maybe a year ago. We do all streaming. But th- that was like the one thing I liked. You just like – if you're going to Netflix or, or – Roku or Apple TV or whatever, you gotta think about what you want to make watch. a decision. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if it's like you just flip through, you just see what's on and then watch that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we're gonna be featuring as we did last week. Um, you know, through this period, we're gonna go back to some of our old films and <clears throat> excuse me, take out some of the longer interviews and just put cool. the full interviews up. And and uh, went through this weekend and went through um, for the Terry film, Royce Alger, the full interview and the Kendall Cross full interview, and it was. 
really cool to go back and listen to those things yeah. and really um you know I li- I watched them back to back days and it was like you heard Kendall describe parts of the match and you heard Royce describe you know whether he was fleeing or whether he's just not yeah. trying to engage and yeah. they don't they, they totally saw kind of the same moment differently yeah a couple of times so that was pretty cool um yeah that's cool you know i'm i'm thinking about interviews i've listened to over the years and um one of the interviews that that you did extended interviews that i that i think i i was just like hooked the entire time was um Marinelli, when you when you sat down with Alex Marinelli yeah. uh, after tragic loss of, of Eli Stickley, um, man, that was that was powerful. Just the way that this guy processed that whole crazy situation and the way he had—I mean, he just was—he was so vulnerable about it all, and and yeah. also just a really inspirational guy. Super open about it too. Yeah, yeah. just the way that conversation kind of flowed was—I was. I was glued uh on the other side just talking to him listening yeah. to, to everything he had to say so um yeah it's fascinating. fascinating are there other other interviews that you've done that you that you think back to that are just oh, kind of sucked you in probably a lot i mean everything from chat with a guy for five ten minutes like kyvin gatson this was back in uh, 2013 or something and yeah it was the year after he won the ncaa's and had lost his dad and he kind of i just i don't know why this one pops out in my head but it was a really strong uh, a really cool interview that I would just I just I don't know why you asked me about interviews that stick out and then there's of course the, the longer ones you do for films that are two three you know four hours long at sometimes but um, yeah I'd have to this is just like it's so many yeah I don't even know how many interviews I've ever done but yeah it's, it's a lot yeah man yeah Hopefully we get to do more interviews this week. Hopefully these, yeah. this internet situation gets figured out. Looks like I'm uh, not going to have any luck getting Helen on today. And and uh, man, we we lost James Green in our in our moment of highest intrigue. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. But stuff happens. We will overcome and conquer, adapt, and move on. I guess that's going to about do it for today. You got any you got any words for? Uh, I think we can maybe play us out here pretty soon. I just hope we get Helen back on later this week or, or as soon as we can. Really, um, we have, actually have a slot to tomorrow, so we'll see. You know, we have three guests lined up for tomorrow. We have yeah. four slots. Yeah, Let's try to get Helen on. I'll, I'll text her when we get done with this and see if she'll has time to do it tomorrow. That'd be great. I'm learning as always the Jamaican team. So, uh, very very new information to me. And man, how do you start a how do you start a wrestling tradition in a country from scratch it's a, it's a big question they're trying to figure that out yeah wish those guys the best of luck and thanks to purdue head coach tony ursland for coming on purdue's uh in the right spot moving ahead and uh poised to do big things yeah all right folks that's gonna do it for david bray i'm mark bader thanks for tuning in and uh being patient with us today we hope you guys have a very relaxing rest of your day and very much hope to see you tomorrow 11 a.m eastern 10 central thanks see you then